Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 4, Episode 20, we talked to Jason Jasperson about creating safe spaces for imaginative Christians. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. And Tim, last week, I got to do something that I haven't done in years, which is make like a five and a half hour drive from Wisconsin to Minnesota. Did it all the time back in college, but got to do it to go visit our good friend, Jason Jasperson at Bethany Lutheran College and pick up a sculpture from him that is going to make its debut at the Pashan Collaborative debut, which once again for our listeners is happening at the core in Appleton on November 18th at 7 p.m. We hope to see all of you there. It's going to be a great event. Um, For more information, go ahead and check out our website, heartsandhands.art. But I got to hang out with Jason for a little while. He showed me around Bethany and he had some really cool things to show me. I was just thinking, it's kind of funny how when I was in college, like that six hour trip was just like, oh yeah, no big deal. Like I could just go to Wisconsin. And now I don't like driving more than 25 minutes to go anywhere. (laughs) What changed in my life? Living in Florida, I was like, okay, I could make a three and a half hour trek to go to Disney World. But the six hour regular, like, oh, no big deal. Just swing by. But hey, when when it's worth it, it's worth it, right? Totally worth it. And getting Uh, to hang with Jason Jasperson is always worth it. And we got to do that we got to do this in this StreamYard call as well for the sake of the podcast. I mean, the things we do just because of our listeners, I guess we'll hang with Jason for a little while. So <laughs> long that it's probably going to be two episodes, right? Definitely. Yeah. Our conversation, as it always does with Jason, runs long in a good way. But we decided to break this one up for you as well. So you'll get the first half this week, the second half next week. But let's go ahead and get to that first half now. Today, we are excited to welcome back to the podcast our good friend, Jason Jasperson. Welcome, Jason. Hi, guys. Uh, Jason, for those who may be unfamiliar with you, though they are few, uh, could you briefly introduce yourself and what you're up to these days? Sure. Uh, I'm currently a professor in the studio art department at Bethany Lutheran College. I have a, a history of being a studio artist especially focusing on work for our fellowship in Wales and ELS, uh, confessional Lutheranism. Um, I spent 17 years teaching at Minnesota Valley Lutheran High School. I'm trained as a studio artist, and uh, I have a master's degree in experiential education, and I've got big plans for the future. Awesome. And I had the pleasure last week of driving out to Mankato to see you and to see Bethany and what you've got going on there. And honestly, it was it was eye opening. It was a really cool experience for me to see all of the cool things that are going on there. And as you and I were talking, you brought up this phrase that I've heard from you a few times before. But you talk about Bethany being kind of a safe place for the imaginative Christian. Could you start by just kind of expanding on what you mean by that a little bit? Sure. Bethany is a small place. It's growing. And, you know, there's sort of this idea that we should be proud of, of getting bigger. But I've always liked that it's small. 
And one of the advantages of of being a small institution is that uh, students get direct access to to advice and to equipment, facilities. So, you know, broadly, we can think about what the student experience is there kind of kind of as, you know, like a walk-on on a soccer team or something. You, uh, you can show up and suddenly you're playing. The same is true in, in uh, creative endeavors at Bethany. So you could, you could be an actor in a really high-level play, you know, national award-winning play. As a freshman, Pete Bladel does amazing work with his team in the Bethany Theater. There's a strong writing center uh, emphasizing creative writing. Uh, our media arts department uh, regularly sends people out to jobs in Hollywood. Broadcast is sending people out to uh, ESPN. And uh, we had a recent graduate who was in charge of, of the whole display system at the Las Vegas football team. But but we remain this quiet little place that, you know, it's pretty easy to underestimate. Uh, but there's something, there's something in the water there. And... Uh, in, in the studio art department, where I work, recently our emphasis is in uh, providing that kind of access for uh, commission work. So I'm bringing, I'm bringing commission work that, that comes my way into the classroom and um, in that same kind of model, trying to, get, trying to get students paired up with access to high-level work. Just maybe a quick aside. One of the coolest things I got to see while I was there um, was you have this kind of art club that takes place outside of a, a class, but the these high-level art students, uh, and they were working collaboratively on this enormous painting, took up almost the entire wall. Could you talk a little bit about that project? Sure. I suppose there's two projects to talk about there, the group and the painting. Uh, the group I call the Art Service, and it's it's the newest iteration of you said Art Club. Um, when I was at MVL, we had Art Club after school, and we called it the Art Factory. Sometimes uh, <laughs> the uh, the concept is that you know we can we can have people doing work together on something that's bigger than their own goals, and that benefits ministry in some way. And so art services, currently it's uh, four students who are in production and they're kind of handpicked for their strengths. Uh, and they punch in for a certain time as kind of a work study position. And then we have one student who's, who is also a, a talented artist, but, but her main role is in uh, project management She's also an arts administration major, and so this is this is a really good uh, hands-on application for keeping track of of uh, creative work. And we have one student who's in interdisciplinary studies, who comes to us with experience in legal studies and in business administration, but she has a, a growing interest in art and theology. And so she hangs around with us, learns about art and theology, and we benefit from her uh, sort of getting getting our act together with um, 
finances, billing, contracts, that kind of thing. Um, she herds the cats. Uh, so that's art service. The painting that you saw is is our most recent. You know, we just started in September, but we're already uh, like five projects in. We've completed two, and uh, we're you know we've completed four, six projects. We're uh, we're working on several others. So the painting you saw was uh, ten feet by ten feet. It's a uh, it's really hard to explain, but it's a tree of life kind of image. It's it's serving these these sort of double symbols of Jesus, an image of Jesus, but it's also an image of the tree of life uh, simultaneously. And that's been a, a delicate balance to try to tune the knobs to make that read right. But yeah, you saw people up on scaffolding painting and the model there the work model is kind of like a, a Gothic or Renaissance workshop. The idea is that, you know, I'm, I'm the master, it's my design. And then um, I kind of direct the work. I've done a lot of front loading of what it's going to look like, but my hands don't have to be in it completely uh, in order for it to, uh, to be a successful image. So that's, that's the place where, the student gets that access and um, really yeah, I'm interested in process and product. And that process is really a joy to just kind of be dancing side by side with, with young creatives. So uh, I want to kind of circle back just a little bit. It's a, so in talking about Bethany as this safe place for, you didn't say artists or you didn't say, you know, studio art majors or, you know, anything like that. You used the phrase imaginative Christians, correct? Yes. And with that, it carries that, that word imaginative carries a certain connotation that just simply like artist or something like that doesn't carry. So what is it uh, about Bethany that you think makes it safe for imaginative or why would you choose that phrasing? Well, you kind of hit on, that was a good observation, that, it, that I'm not talking just about my department. Bethany is a liberal arts institution. And so we, we believe in the idea that uh, education should be about building a unique individual. And we do that by exposing students to a variety of, of kinds of uh, material. And then, you know, that that cocktail turns into a specific kind of influence, sort of synthesizes inside the student. I think what I'm really trying to get at is the idea that this is, this is the place where you can make things. I think that's, that's maybe an oversight in our fellowship. Where, where are we training people to write hymns where are we training people to uh, generate content of all kinds with, with the message that we hold so dear? And we train, we train preachers, and they're generating content uh, in a verbal way on a regular basis. 
And I think we're excellent at that. But what about the rest? What about what about visual content? What about media? What about creative writing? What about musicians? So that's that's what I really mean when I say the imaginative Christian. I mean people who who are generative, who are making things for the rest of us to consume and to contemplate. If there are students out there considering their their future and their path, you, you've already talked a great deal about the opportunities and the, the hands-on things that are available at Bethany, but uh, is there anything else you'd like to say in that vein of why you think creatives and imaginative Christians, if if they are uncertain, should give Bethany a shot? I was I was that high schooler who was trying to figure out what to do with uh, these talents, and you know there in my experience there were really appealing art school catalogs coming my way, and I had kind of romantic notions of of living in a big city in a warehouse and making artwork for galleries, and that was going to be my future. I kind of shaped my dreams based on that marketing. But but even back then, I was concerned about kind of the liberal culture of, of what those institutions uh, would fill me with. And um, I guess the thought is, I want, I want Bethany to be an antidote to that kind of thing. I want it to be the right, the right mix because... You know, we're like I said, we're a small place. We're not going to compete on the kinds of facilities that that these giant I call them Lexus a year tuition places. Uh, they're they're going to offer more candy in the shop, so to speak. So we're not that we can't we can't offer you everything that way. But what we can do is find that crossover between your creative impulses, between your talent and your faith. And I think that's, that's a unique spot to stand. Uh, it's hard to find, hard to find a place where you can be cultivated in both ways. I, I like to think back to when I was in high school, since you brought up high school, you know, at some point in time, I, would have told you that I had no idea what I wanted to do. And there was no focus or push to pursue the arts, to study the arts, to be engaged or involved in the arts outside of what is considered distinctly Lutheran, right? Like singing grand chorales and choruses and hymns, because that's the Lutheran thing to do. But I am now directly involved with art for my full-time job in ministry. And I just wonder what, what would have my life been like if there was an opportunity, a push, a, a way of combining the two sooner, as opposed to saying, well, you need to get a degree first. You need to get something real, something tangible, something you can build your life around before actually pursuing art, right? I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I hear it a lot. I, I hear about the impracticality of of pursuing the arts. 
and uh, you know it's a nice hobby but uh, make sure that you don't quit your day job so I, w- I want to be careful about this because because I don't insist that success looks like having a job that could be labeled as an arts job I think there's there's a lot of right ways to engage this part of your life we don't have to uh, we don't have to have our graduates be gallery painters in New York City to to be proud of them. Tim, I, I think what you're what I read behind that is is sort of a cultural assumption in our fellowship. What I've what I've come to terms with, what I've realized is that it's going to take generations. We're kind of we're in a place that is the result of several generations of assumptions or several generations of just not being exposed to this part of human existence. So if it goes back to grandpa or great grandpa, you know, living this way and probably from, from just practical circumstances, it's going to take a while for us to, to kind of emerge out of it. So, you know, as much as I would love for us to, to be, in a high Renaissance right now, we might be more like laying the groundwork in, in a Gothic era so that later on there can be a Renaissance a a few generations down the line. And that's the reality we have to live with our, you know, our lives can't necessarily, we don't live long enough to, to reap all the benefits that we seek. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. We had Mike Westendorf on the podcast last week, and he talks about culture being a a very slow turning ship. And I think that's important to keep in mind. And that also kind of brings me to a point I wanted to make that I'm sure many of our listeners are not uh, high school students who are considering going to Bethany. Many of them are older, have graduated, would probably love to be able to go back and be able to go to Bethany. But they're they're in a place now where that's not necessarily an option. But with keeping in mind what we just said about culture being a slow turning ship, do you think that there are things that just regular people in in the wells in our fellowship can do to help, as you were saying, kind of lay that groundwork for future generations? Are there things like and I'm not talking about pastors completely changing the way their congregations do things or anything like that. I'm talking about if you are a 40-year-old mother of three, um, your kids go to Lutheran schools, you're an active member in your congregation, but you just want to know what is it that you can do to help lay that groundwork and to help imaginative Christians feel safe. What, what are some practical things that you can think of? I would say examine your thinking. Consider whether you have fear in this realm. Whether you, um, you know, you have knee-jerk instant reactions that are unexamined. So, you know, do you have evidence do you have evidence for your fear? Or is it something that's passed down? 
you know, you just consider it uh, common knowledge. And then, you know, when you encounter someone, especially a young person who's, who's thinking about their future, consider the doctrine of vocation and consider that that young person's duty is to be a good steward of their God-given vocation. When I say vocation, I'm, I'm talking broadly, not about the way you, not necessarily about the way that you earn money, but, but in Luther's view, the, the idea that a grandparent has a vocation and a child has a vocation. And I think, you know, in particular, people who, who have this urge to make things have a particular kind of calling that is, we don't quite, we don't quite know what to do with it. But, but if you encounter somebody like that, you have to take that seriously. It's, it's not just a whim. They're, you could say their mental health kind of depends on, on the direction that gets steered because they kind of have to do this somehow, some way. And, and if we don't embrace it, somebody else will, somebody's ready to. And I've seen, I've seen creative young people in our fellowship leave because if they don't find it at home, they'll find it somewhere else. That wraps it up for the first half of this conversation we had with Jason. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week to catch the second half. It's just as good, if not better than that first half. And as always, if you have questions you want answers to, people you want to hear from, or you want to talk about the cool thing you're working on right now, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, you can check out the Pishan Collaborative's debut on November 18th at The Core in Appleton, Wisconsin. We'd love to have you join us. Thanks also to those who have uh, been supporting us on Patreon throughout the years. You can find us at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.